Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The football season is back, and BetOnline remains your number one source for all your favorite football betting needs this season. And you will find all the latest odds, matchup information, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. And BetOnline is always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events like basketball, MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. So head on over to BetOnline and join, and you will receive 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards because BetOnline is where the game starts. back ladies and gentlemen to this latest installment of believe in the rockets only on the believe podcast network as always i'm your host cody davis along with my co-host you gonna say something or you gonna just you gonna just stand there they know you now i know right you know we gotta we gotta work on these titles <laughs> <laughs> you know i just playing hey what's going on y'all brian barefield aka big sarge yes sir and today ladies and gentlemen sergeant Mont. Founder of the PCB. <laughs> Founder of PCB, ladies and gentlemen. You guys are going to definitely know what that means later on. But Sarge and myself are going to look at the Houston Rockets' first three preseason game ahead of the start of the 2022-2023 campaign, which starts next Wednesday against the Atlanta Hawks, Sarge and myself, we're going to be Atlanta, be in Atlanta for the Road Houston trip. Rockets season opener. Once again, Sarge and I are going on another road trip. First it was Vegas, then it was Lake Charles, now it's Atlanta. But ladies and gentlemen, of course we're going to be there because there is no way in hell we could afford to miss the season opener in Atlanta. By the way, Jamari Smith Jr. is also from Atlanta as well. So I'm pretty sure we're going to have a lot of great things to discuss. But to get this latest installment, I believe in the Rockets kicked off. Brian, on yesterday, on Monday, as a matter of fact, the Houston Rockets lost their first preseason game against the Miami Heat, 118-110, of course. And I think we might as well just start putting this on record. Jalen Green led the team in scoring with 25 points, followed by Kevin Porter Jr. with 21 points. And I know there was a lot going on. As of right now, um, Coach Steven Silas is still in um, health and safety protocol. Hopefully he'd be back with the team on Wednesday. But ladies and gentlemen, um, there was a lot going on with this with this game. Sarge, I'm going to let you have the floor, but I'm going to go on record by saying I think that this was a good win for the Rockets. And I say that because with the Rockets blowing the San Antonio Spurs out in their first preseason game, followed by another win against the Toronto Raptors last Friday. You mean a good loss? Yeah, yeah, a good loss. A good yeah. loss, by the way. Um, 
I look at this from a standpoint, I think this is what this team needed to make sure that they don't get too distracted, that one, that they're still a young team that's still developing, but two, and most important, like John Lucas said during his post-game press conference on Monday, that this team still has a lot of growing to do. And this is why I consider this more so of a good loss because as John Lucas said, you know, they went up by 16, then all of a sudden it was hit by adversity. You know, you commit 15, 16 turnovers in the first half, but after halftime, you go in there, you make adjustments, and the next thing you know, you come within, what, four to six points with like a minute and left in the fourth quarter. Yes, uh, I think that that was a – well, watching that game took me back to the Toronto game, man. You combine those two games, the, the Toronto game and the Miami game, I think that having something on tape is going to help the Houston Rockets out a lot moving forward in the season because, one – you have to, Toronto plays a very aggressive style of defense because of their length. Like they're taller than most average NBA teams. And when they play against you because they are, are so big and so athletic, they can tend to, they, they can push you off your game. And so I know that um, that head coach Nick nurse in the Toronto game didn't show everything that he's going to use in the, in the regular season in that last game yesterday against the Miami Heat, Eric Spolstra, who by far, man, like I, I think at the end of the day, when we look at it, Coach Spolstra has a resume to to push himself into the Hall of Fame. I, oh, I, yeah, most definitely. That. You know, especially with those LeBron, D-Wade, and Chris Bosh years, <laughs> especially those years. But Coach Spolstra is also good at drawing up game plans and defensive game plans to get the other team out of their rhythm. Now, I know that the – Houston Rockets were shorthanded on last night, and maybe we'd have seen a little bit more if they would have had their full complement of players. But being able to let Jalen get um, a lot of time on the court and get himself into rhythm, letting KPJ get himself into rhythm, I thought that that was good from the standpoint of, you know, like you said, it was a, a, a good, bad, uh, it was a good loss. And having that, Having going up against those type of players like the Miami he had. Now they had a bunch of players that was out as well. They didn't have Bam Adebayo. They didn't have Jimmy Butler. They didn't have Kyle Lowry. And so you can't really gauge on what what it is going up against that team in the regular season later on. But last night, just having that defensive presence, being able to put those two uh, defensive packages on tape to see and on film and see how they, they, they adjusted to that, to see how the Rockets adjusted to that. But I'm going to be honest with you, Cody. The, the one thing that I was not happy about in that whole game, the one thing that stood out to me was the fact that, yes, KPJ looked good. Yes, Jalen looked good. But at, a lot of times the offense got stagnant. Mm-hmm. And the offense got stagnant and it was just those two with the three other players standing around. Now, I understand this is just preseason. I understand, you know, Kevin told us that him and Jalen are playmakers in the last press conference, and I understand that, yes, they are playmakers, but they also have to be playmakers within the game. Yeah, and I'm glad that you brought that up because that was going to bring me into the next topic that I wanted to focus in on because Alper and Shagun did not look good in this game. Um, He only played 17 minutes, and after the game, Coach John Lucas talked about how he is still trying to get used to this offense. And as you know, Stephen Silas told us back in training camp in Lake Charles that the Rockets are running a four-out-one-in type of offense, kind of similar to what we used to see um, during the last era of Houston Rockets basketball 
basketball back when you had yes. Clint Capella and Dwight Howard and all those other guys. But I'm also wondering, Sars, when I take a look at the struggles that I saw out of Monday's night game with Alper and Shagoon, you know, at first I, I was looking at this from a standpoint, you know, will we see Alper and Shagoon or how much will we see Alper and Shagoon struggle to get used to this offense? Because you just mentioned it. The offense got stagnant a lot of time, and I 100% agree with you. And we have heard Coach John Lucas. We have heard Coach Steven Silas. Both of those coaches talk about how they want the ball to move every single time. They hate it when the offense becomes stagnant. When I take a look at Elper and Shagoon, and I look at the fact that they're not really using him as one of those primary playmakers, do you believe that is something that's going to not only hinder LP, but also hinder the Houston Rockets as well? Because if you remember, going back to last season, you know, one of, if not the best time the ball was moved is when they had Elper and Shagoon out, of, out on the perimeter, being able to see on um, both sides of the court and being able to move the ball as much as possible. I think what happened on last night was you seen how big of a factor Jabari Smith Jr. is in this offense. You see how big of a, uh, how big of a, a, a factor Jabari Smith Jr. is just being on the court. Think about it, going back to the San Antonio game when he hit what, five or six three-pointers from that corner. That opens up, that opens up not only the lanes for Jalen and KPJ to operate, but also for Shin Goon to be able to operate. And so not having him out there on the court, it, it kind of allowed the Miami Heat to be able to pack the lane a little bit. It allowed the Miami Heat to, to do their best to try to keep Kevin and Jalen out. And it also took out uh, Alpi because uh, Alperin, it took him out because he's not able to operate now. A lot of his game is predicated on drive and kick a lot of his game is predicated on watching who's cutting well if you're packing the you're packing the paint if you're packing the lane there's not anybody that's really cutting towards the basket so he can't really make any passes he he looks he looked out of sync last night only because Jabari to me Jabari wasn't out there and he got himself caught up in a lot of uh there was a lot of defensive lapses that he had on last night but on the offensive end I think that if you have Jabari Smith Jr. out there. It's, I so just watching this this young man, and I'm talking about Jabari. Just watching him in practice in summer league in his first game. There's a lot that he can do, just based off the fact that he can shoot, and his shooting ability opens up everything for everybody else. So I think that last night was just uh, uh, with Shingun that was not having you know, his, his partner out there. It wasn't having the other guy that's going to help him out during the regular season. It's going to, he's not, he's missing Jabari Smith Jr.'s presence on the court. Once he comes back, cause I, I'm going to tell you like this. I like the fact that, that, that Alpie is a playmaker and I like when Alpie is playmaking from either the top of the key or free throw line extended. When he's right there, man, he sees everything. So, mm. you know, ho hopefully he'll be able to get back in sync once Jabari comes back. Speaking of Jabari Smith Jr., up next, Sarge and I are going to discuss early thoughts on the 2022 rookie class, which probably just going to turn into Tari Eason praise. Peso! <laughs> Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this latest installment of Believe in the Rockets. And as promised before we went to break, it's time for us to share our early thoughts about the 2022 Ricky class for the Houston Rockets, which features Jabari Smith Jr., 
Tata Washington and Tari Eason. And of course, my guy, Trevor Hudginson. And look, ladies and gentlemen, you guys are going to learn that young man's name during the 2022-23 campaign in the G League because I do believe he is going to light it up. But Sarge, I said this to you on the phone on yesterday, and I'm going to repeat it again. Say what you want about Nick Casario. Say what you want about Raphael Stone. As a matter of fact, later on today, we're going to be speaking to Nick Casario, and you're going to see Brian and myself talk more about what Casario has to say. That's the other GM in the city of Houston. Say what you want about both of these guys. But the one thing you cannot take away from them is their ability to scout and their ability to find talent. And in terms of the Houston Rockets case, this is the second year in a row where we are looking at this and saying to ourselves that general manager Raphael Stone might have came, came away with, if not the best, no lower than the second or third best rookie class in the draft. Because what we've seen out of Jabari Smith Jr. and Eason over these first three preseason games, of course, Jabari just won because, unfortunately, Coach John Lucas decided not to cut practice one play short, and that's how he ended up hurting his ankle. <laughs> but he's going to be okay. He said, you know, they just sitting him out just to be safe. So I'm pretty sure we're going to see him during the preseason game on Friday. And then, of course, next week, most importantly, when the game really counts, we're definitely going to see um, Jabari Smith Jr. back. But yeah, Tell him it's his fault at practice next time. I wanted to see you just tell John Lucas, hey, man, it's your fault, Jabari. Not nah, I'm not telling John Lucas that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, John, John, the John street. Hey, exactly. John from the street. Look, John isn't scared of anybody. So oh, you know wow. what? You know what? Respect to John. There, look, there was a reason why practice had to go one play longer. Let, let me just say that. so because he <laughs> said so. That's right. But Sarge, when you take a look at Eason and Smith at this point, is it kind of hard to say which one might be the best rookie as of right now? And I know that question is early, but you take a look at the talent that we saw out of Jabari Smith. A lot of you guys only saw it in the first preseason game, but Sarge and myself saw it during summer league. We saw it during training camp. And the one thing I noticed about Smith during summer league it seemed like he was just too jittery. That's why we saw him struggle with his shot. That's why we saw him those first two games, especially going up against Paolo and going up against Chet. It seemed like he was focusing too much on making a statement on why he should have been the first or the second pick. Yep. But now since summer league, um, you know, you go back to the game against the San Antonio Spurs where he dropped 21 points connecting, I believe, on five out of his eight shot attempts from behind the arc. It seems like he is now comfortable with the Houston Rockets and he is no longer playing up to the I need to make a statement he is now saying to himself you know what my number one goal my number one top priority is to play my game and help the Houston Rockets go from a team that only won to combine 37 wins over the last two years to you know what let's finally get this franchise moving in the right direction and it seemed like Jabari Smith Jr., as I mentioned, and I said he was my number one prospect from the get-go, it seemed like he is the perfect fit, the perfect combination of talent and fit for this organization because he's definitely going to make a big impact on the defensive side of the ball. But then you look at Tari Eason, your favorite player, 
And you're looking at a guy who is currently averaging a double-double, and we have played three preseason games, and two out of the three preseason games, this guy has already recorded a double-double. So when you look at Jabari Smith Jr. and you look at Tari Eason, the thing that separates them is the come-up. You know what I mean by that? The come-up. You look at a, a talented player like Jabari Smith Jr., he's always been Jabari Smith Jr., the number one option on any team he, he's been on. He's been, you know, McDonald All-American. He has been just – he's always been looked at son of a former NBA player. Hey, look, he's always been the man. Mm -hmm. Tari Eason has always had to grind to become the man. He's always had to prove – I am the man. Y'all just don't see it yet. In high school, state championship game. First, they, they play. he played in the state championship game, I think, three out of the four years, if I'm not mistaken. But I know that one year in the state championship game in Seattle, he didn't play at all. Like, he got no playing time, right? The second time around, he played against the number one overall draft pick in the 2022 mm. NBA draft for the Orlando Magic, Paulo Bancaro, right? Only thing he did was, the only thing Tari did was lead his team to a state championship, all <laughs> the while shutting down Paulo Bancaro. So he had to become the man then. Went to the University of Cincinnati, had to prove himself there. I think he made the all-rookie team there. Transferred from the University of Cincinnati, went to LSU, and became uh, first team all SEC, sixth mm -hmm. man of the year. He made the first team coming off the bench and then became sixth man of the year in the SEC. So he had to prove that I am the man. So the come up is different for, for, for both of them. Not saying that Jabari lacks anything as far as hard work and dedication is concerned. It just triples when it comes to Tari because Tari, even he said it in his interview, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, he said it in his press conference after the first preseason game. You remember uh, Coach Silas told us after the San Antonio game that, hey, we didn't run any plays for Tari at all. Mm. We didn't run one single play, and Tari had a double-double. And then when Coach Silas, since Coach Silas has been out, the one thing that Coach John Lucas has been preaching is the ball finds energy. The ball finds energy. Tari Eason is energy he <laughs> is the the you know he's the 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 you used to play street fighter oh yeah you know how to do oh you can and, and, you know, <laughs> like that's tari eason right there that 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 being able to just drum up that type of energy is him so now what does he have to do high school he had to prove he was the man college he has to prove he is the man in the pros he has to prove that he is the man and in his mind let me tell you that real quickly his mom told me a story uh, back in the summer. Tari had a um, Tari had to do a, a meet and greet at a shoe store that that had a grand opening, and I was just talking to his mom on the side. And his mom said, "You know, my son has been so dedicated to basketball for the longest time." She said, "We used to go to in California. We used to go to Venice Beach, and at 11 years old, he used to take his shoes so he could play basketball against grown mm. men. So he's walking down the beach with his shoes on his shoulder." And now they have to stop because Tari has to play. He has to play basketball. So it's just ingrained in him to, you know, he has that that uh, that that never quit, that, that can't go back, and it's starting to resonate on the court. You've seen how, uh, how KPJ 
and Jalen talked about him in their press conference after the last game against Toronto. Like, here's a guy. And I will say this. One thing that the Houston Rockets have done the last three years is went out and they found energy-type guys. Jay Sean Tate, Josh Christopher, and now Tari Eason. You also found guys who don't care about what role they have to play. Don't care if they start. Uh, don't care if they start, if they got to come off the bench, as long as they get to play. And they're going to give you 110% every time they touch the floor. And that's what Tari Eason does. Man, it's just like last night you could see him. It, it's just really weird that the ball comes off the rim, and if he's in a game, you're almost expecting him to get it, right? Yes, sir. Now, with Tata, real quick, though, with Tata Washington, it's going to come with time. He's also another young man that has to prove that he belongs in the NBA. He doesn't have to prove it to the Rockets because they drafted him in the first round, but he's going to have to prove it to everybody else. And once he gets himself acclimated to playing, once he gets more playing time, he may benefit like from what Josh Christopher benefited from last year, taking some time down in the G League to get himself mm -hmm. going and then come back. Yeah, and I think that's exactly what we're going to see out of Ty Ty Washington. I do want to say um, Dacian Nix did not play Monday's game due to a lower leg injury. And I think that was also a missed opportunity for Washington because, um, you know, there was this big debate going around on who should be the backup to Kevin Porter Jr. Um, going into the next season. Some people say um, Ty Ty Washington. Some people say Dacian Nix. I'm on the board of Dacian Nix. However, Dacian unfortunately had a game where he struggled Friday night against the Toronto Raptors. And with him not playing, I thought that that was a real opportunity for Washington to say, you know what? I do not belong in the G League. I belong getting minutes right now as a rookie. And he did not seem like that. He was all the way there on Monday in a loss against the Miami Heat. So if there is one negative that I would say I would take away from that game on Monday, it would be the fact that Washington did not take advantage of an opportunity that seemed like it was given. However, Sarge, I do agree with you. I do believe that Whenever he gets an opportunity during the regular season, whenever he finds his niche in the league, and look, he is a definition of a true point guard. The one thing that I always said about Dacia Nix that you can see the talent, you can see the potential, but unfortunately, he is basically Kevin Porter Jr. 2.0. You know, you are a shooting guard, you are a small forward transitioning into a point guard. And it seems like Dacia Nix is having somewhat of a hard time trying to get accustomed a, a to that new role. Like I always tell people when I talked to him prior to the start of summer league, he always um, talked about how hard it was for him to get into his mindset that he is no longer the number one option. He is no longer the number one scorer. His top priority with the Houston Rockets is to set up Jalen Green, to set up KPJ, to set up Alperin Chagoon. He's the one that's setting the table. He isn't the one no longer just coming to the table, eating his and leaving. And in terms of Washington, the one thing that you can see, he is already established he is already has that mindset of you know what let me get others involved then i'm gonna go out and get mines yeah well cody let me ask you this question real quick tell me what you think about this lineup ty ty washington at the one jalen green at the two tari eason at the three jabari at the four and alpie at the five just in, in in a spurt not saying start ty ty just have him in there just to see. Do you think that, that, that do you think that we'll see a different Tata if he was 
playing with those with with the number ones like that? Yes, because one and Tari's not a hold on. Tari's not a number one. I just added him in there. No, no, I I, I get what yeah. you're saying. I'm gonna say. I think that will be the best lineup in terms of the ball movement because look, I love Kevin Porter Jr. He might be my favorite guy on the team. I'm really rooting for that young man. However, there are still times like when you go back to Monday's game, he still gets into that. I got to get mines as well in terms of Washington, along with what we said earlier about Alper and Shagoon, you're looking at two guys where they're both attributes on the court is finding other players. And then, of course, when you have um, guys like Jalen Green and, 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 and Smith who can basically light you up, seem like for 20 to 25 points on any given night, yeah. that is going to make the ball move a lot easier. So I would say that lineup, I'm not going to say that is going to be the end of game lineup because at the end of the day, I still believe that Kevin Porter Jr. is arguably the second, no lower than the third best player on this roster. And of course, if it's five minutes left, you up by one, down by one, or whatever the case might be. You want to put your best players out there on the court. By oh, the way, sure. by the way, Kevin Porter Jr., you can see he has really worked on his on his skill set on the defensive side of the ball, what makes yeah. him even more valuable. But I would say in terms of what Lucas and what Silas wants to see in terms of ball movement, I think that lineup gives them the best case. And I was just saying that in, in spurts, not not towards the end of the game, because I definitely want Kevin Porter Jr. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I get what you're saying. You know, and with Kevin, it's, you know, like last night, what you said, like last night we seen him, you know, we seen Kevin with his playmaking ability. And so, you know, like uh, for anybody, right, for, for just anybody in life, and I'm talking about us included, taking away, I'm not talking about professional athletes per se, but just us, you know, when – when we are in some type of adverse adverse situations, we tend to fall back to what we're comfortable with, right? Mm-hmm. If we're, we're in any type of adverse uh, situation, whatever we're comfortable doing, we tend to fall back on that to get us out of the adversity, right? Yeah. Kevin Porter Jr., by <laughs> look, by birthright, he's a shooting guard. He's a natural shooting guard that they're converting into a point guard. So on uh, last night when we seen Miami and the defense that they started playing against him and the defense they started playing against Jalen, what KPJ automatically did was revert back to shooting guard mode mm-hmm. and not point guard mode. And that that may have been where the ball you know, started to stop a little bit because in his mind, it's like, I got to make a play. And, you know, I'm not saying, let me preface my statement by saying <laughs> this. I'm not saying comparing Kevin Porter Jr., and Kobe Bryant. I'm not comparing them. What uh, and I'm not that's not even at you. That's for the listeners cuz you know they're sorry said that K- KPJ <laughs> is just like uh, J- Jelly Bean Bryant. <laughs> but what I'm saying is is that Kobe's natural mindset was score 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 and when he got into situations he's like I'm going to shoot this thing or I'm going to make a play. Kevin when he gets into trouble or when, when he gets into trouble or, or, or when he finds himself in a situation, the first thing he thinks about is, I, I can get myself out of this situation <laughs> without passing the ball, right? And that's still that shooting guard mentality that they're trying to get out of him. Russell Westbrook was the exact same way at the exact <laughs> same time in, in his, the exact same uh, years that uh, KPJ is right now. 
It took them a long time. It took him a long time to realize I'm a point guard. I'm a point guard. I'm a point guard. So with that being said, Kevin tends to, all right, I'm in a, I'm in a situation. I, if, and if I ain't going to make the play, I'm going to kick it to Jalen. And I know he going to make the play. So hmm. one of us going to make the play. And so, yeah, so I, I'm not, like I said, to as I digress, I'm not saying that Tata should be in at the end of the game. And I know you didn't, didn't uh, say that. It's just I want to see that type of lineup. Hell, I'm going to be honest with you, Cody. I would like to see a lineup with Tata at the one, Jalen at the two, and KPJ at the three. Hmm. And people's like, <laughs> KPJ is too small to play the three. I get that. But if you're playing in spurts and you're going small ball in spurts, hell, did we not see PJ Tucker play center? <laughs> <laughs> Man, and that's going to conclude this latest installment of Believe in the Rockets. Stars, really quick, where can our listeners follow you at and follow all of your Houston Rockets, Houston Astros, and Houston Texans work? I only cover two of the three teams. He cover all three. I, uh, I can't do that. Uh-uh. Well, first of all, let me give a shout out to the Houston Astros. I am wearing their gear as they begin their postseason play in the ALDS against the Seattle Mariners. All right. So you can find me on the social media, Big Star Sports with the Z at the end on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, you can also hear me three times a week on Sports Talk 790, which is the flagship station for the Houston Rockets from 10 to 12 p.m. on In the Trenches, hosted by former NFL player Indy Kalu. And you can read my articles, my Rockets articles on Rockets Wire USA Today. And hey, listen, let me tell you something right now. When you go over to that thing and if you search Tari Eason... <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.